You join me now at the dawning of the third episode of McKellen It Like It Is with your host, Ian McKellen. Speak out about the many injustices I've seen across this great country of ours, across the planet, and indeed across the multiverse. For Ian McKellen does not differentiate between time or space, for injustice must be fought. I join you now with the many guests I have on this podcast to talk about the many things I have found wrong, many wrongs that need righted, and that only can be righted by the fear force of Ian McKellen. I have my good friend. Joseph Wood on the podcast. Please speak, Joe. Hello, Sir Ian. Um, it's interesting that you refer to me as your good friend um, rather than sort of personal assistant. Or, well, or as, you, as you sometimes do. I like to think of myself as a moments. I like to think of myself as a friend to man, friend to animal, friend to all creatures, great and small. I do make certain exceptions, and personal assistant and is uh, merely a, a formalised name I have for my my dear friend. Dear friend, uh, yeah, my personal assistant, Joe, and uh, speaking of which, please pass the waters. Um, I, do, I don't just have you here for fun. Thank you very much. And um, Can I get you any tea or anything, sorry? Oh, um, not quite now, Joe. I will call upon you. You will be needed in my hour of tea aid. You should be called upon. Okay, so, okay. So, Good. Right. Good. Um, how's your week been, Joe? Um, it, I mean, it's pretty much the usual, really. Uh... Doing a lot of running around and um, sort of telling people on the street to not be unjust. Um, you really do tell me to do kind of weird yes. things. Yes. Do you have Do you have the the list of tasks that I've given you at the start of the week? Do you still have that with uh, you? Yeah, I think it's in one of my pockets. Hang Good. On. Yeah. Uh, so tell fifty random strangers um, to stop being unjust. Yes. And then did you do one B and slap them in the face <laughs> if they are being unjust? How many um, of you? How many? Members of evil have you slapped this no, week? Well, so I was going to do that, and then um, there was always policemen around, so I, I didn't. Uh, enemies but, uh, of the state, I see. And one thing about the Ian McKellen podcast, you'll know I'm a great, not a fan of law enforcement. I'm more a fan of the laws and justice of the universe and myself, but do I, I do go on with the list. So yeah, there was also uh, getting in contact with Brian Cox and confront him on his incorrect worldviews. Did you uh, question him on the multiverse? So I, I got through to his assistant who said... Um, that he wouldn't talk to us again. Good. The first step in, in taking down this mouthpiece of Satan on which we fight. Um, the secretary, was she particularly evil-looking at all? I don't know. I only spoke to her over the phone. Did she sound evil-looking? Well, you can sort of tell. She had, they have this sort of voice which is like, ah, in the, the background. She, to be honest, she sounded like she worked for an agency, so maybe, I don't know. Yes, I've heard of these agencies. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've not heard of these agencies. I'm, I'm an old man in my old age. I'm, you know, uh, I'm not up to date with all sorts of like um, what, what these so are. 
they, they, they provide people with... So they, it's actually how you hired me, Serene, um, mm. through, through an I believe I just called through the wind and you appeared one day on the back of a steed. Is and that it, not it, true? No, it's telephone, not wind. Um, and what I, do, I don't, what I don't understand the difference. <laughs> Uh, well, to be I fair, shout and things happen. This is how Ian McKellen works. To be fair, I, I did ride my moped here, um, so I suppose that could be called yeah. a steed. Well, do you call it your steed? Um, no, no, I call it my bike. Um, uh, yeah. Even though it's not a real swings bike. and roundabout. You say you say bike, I say steed. Yeah, <laughs> it's a generational thing, I think. Um, well, well, we'll be sure to come back to some of your other weekly tasks. But I have a, another guest on the podcast, in which I'd like to introduce a warrior of justice, perhaps a sort of. Uh, a crusader, as it were, to righting the wrongs of evildoers across the globe. Luke Chaplin is with us now. Hello. Thank you, thank you very much for inviting me. Yes. Julian. Do you describe yourself as a crusader of justice? I never have thought to describe myself as that, but it's definitely something that that may apply. You've lacked... You, well, uh, you know, as I invite guests on Facebook, and uh, on Facebook you have liked crusaders of justice... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was very pleased to get your, your Facebook message inviting me to the podcast. Was what was running through your mind? It was, it was impressive how you managed to deliver it by eagle, somehow. How, how large was the eagle? <laughs> I, I specified with the uh, the courier that it must be a, the largest eagle they had. It, yes, it was definitely large enough that you could fit nine members of a fellowship on it, carrying a ring. The size of a small <laughs> Ford Fiesta. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they, they did ring up saying that um, they, they had to get it from the zoo. And that they would only loan it out for a couple of days, which is why they wouldn't be able to sort of send messages sort of there and back. And that sounds totally yes, plausible. The, there are a lot of limits on how you use eagles. Yeah, there um, are a lot of reasons that they couldn't actually. I tell you what, lots, eel, lots eagle labour laws are ruining this country. You know, in my day, you could have child eagles, you could have elderly eagles, and have them for as many days as you want. Yeah, you just find a butterfly, and they're yours. That's yeah. that's how eagles work. So they've changed their communications. They don't use butterflies anymore. They're outdated. They use moths. Actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. Apologies. Butterflies an incorrect um, term now these days. It's not PC. <laughs> you can't call them butterflies. You can't call them butterflies. <laughs> Fairies is what I call <laughs> They fly, but they're not made of butterflies. Anyhow. Uh, so uh, I found you on Facebook. What was uh, running through your mind when um, you were contacted by the great Sir Ian McKellen? Oh, mostly shock with... The slight amount of arousal. It's uh, arousal. really is an honour. <laughs> it's an honour. Well, and you, the you excellent thing is, if you get to work for it, it's horrible. I pay in gold giblets that I have around me. Little, little, little what look like chicken nuggets, but little gold sort of pieces. And, chicken uh, nuggets. Oh, nice. Covered in gold that. paint, so which I, I spray paint on. And uh, to be honest, a prize better than physical money, I find. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it, uh, Joe. Admittedly, I am eating the chicken nuggets now, and I would just spend my money on chicken nuggets anyway. So, how much poisoning do you think you've had from yeah. that gold paint? How much? I don't know. How I, much gold is there? I think it's really treated some of my infections, to be honest. Oh, very it's, good. It's been quite nice. Well, you know, this is all part of the Sir Ian McKellen treatment, which I give all my guests and indeed my employees, employees on the podcast. Um, so uh, you saw this message delivered by Eagle and you thought, you know... And it was somehow in your voice as well. That was what was really impressive. <laughs> so it was like, you can't really ignore this. When Sir Ian McKellen gives you a message in his booming voice, you kind of just, you have to go. You have to... So I left the house immediately. I, do, I did originally try... When you live, Luke, sorry. 
Oh, uh, Fallowfield. It's just just south of Moria. It's okay. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is that is that in London? Because I mean, did How you many... have to come far to get to London? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I walked the whole way. Did you go to the mines at all? The mines of Coventry and Birmingham. <laughs> they have delved deep in the mines of Birmingham. <laughs> many trolls do they have down there. I have fought many I mean, a time. They were abandoned after sort of um, the appearance of a Balrog. Um, named Margaret. Could you talk to <laughs> Yes, yes, well, uh, um, I would like to move on, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Ian, uh, I'm Ian McKellen, my most famous role was being uh, Gandalf, of course, in, mm. uh, in the film, and you probably know me from the X-Men films, in which I played the elderly Magneto, not this young man, Michael Fassbender, of course, um, the sort of, the, the quint, well, the quintessential, who is your quintessential Magneto, would you say? Me oh, or Fassbender? Of course you, <laughs> I say Ian. Do you know, I completely read the name wrong. I thought it was called Magneto. <laughs> oh, this is sorry, sorry, Ian. Uh, right, okay, I'm on your level now. I think. Sorry, Does you, you thought you thought I played the great magnet toe. Yeah. Who do you think this is? Who? What? How, who? Were you not on Emmerdale once? I wasn't on Emmerdale. What? There was a character called Magnet Toe on Emmerdale. <laughs> Carnation Street, I think. No, the guy who played um, Derek on Emmerdale played Magnet Toe. Did you not? Am I? Who, the character man. Sorry, who, who are you? I, I don't think I quite understand who you are. I, I know I work for you and you... Justice, ooh, warriors of the universe. I am Sir Ian McKellen, warrior of justice, crusader of the third age of men, shiner of the beacon of truth, and all-round great guy. Yeah, but how do I recognise you? Did you recognise me from those soup commercials, perhaps like uh, last year I did? Heinz soup. You won't, you won't get a soup with more truth in it than this. It's the most just soup there is. So just. Was that the chicken and sweet corn ones? Yes, yes. You're the chicken and sweet corn soup guy. Yes, I am. Perhaps oh. my most famous role of all. I did not know I was working. Oh, this is an honour to work for you. Today. Well, well, uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad someone. I thought you finally recognised me. If not for my four famous film roles, perhaps my. <laughs> Just soup, uh, but uh, we I can don't get... watch many films. Would you, you watch many soup adverts? Of course. Well, yeah, they're the best thing on television. <laughs> you, you, what, you just you fast forward through the programs to the soup adverts. <laughs> well, yeah, so the production companies they want you to watch the programs so that you buy the programs. You, I don't want to buy the DVDs and stuff. Oh, Wait, so you, they want you to buy what? So say say your thesis again. They want you to watch the programs so you'll buy the programs. Yeah. It's all advertising, isn't it? You just watch the adverts. That's what TV's really there for. Right. You think the adverts are the content and the programs are just... <laughs> the thing, the yeah, they're just like a big, really elaborate... You just gotta put the, the programs in to... to for the money, the for the money, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I see, yeah I see. Well, it's, it's an interesting theory I and... what gonna do. Um, exactly. I mean, like yourself, you've gotta sort of have some work between filming suit commercials. You did, I mean, that's the moneymaker, I, I really have to say. Uh, you know, people have bought my soup, uh, indeed my soup advert, the rights to my soup adverts, and indeed the soup themselves, from here to uh, Hong Kong, to China, to, you know, also, well, Hong Kong is China, but uh, all across the globe, it's big it's in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one that comes to mind. They buy so much soup there. Really? I'd be very careful about referring to Hong Kong yeah, as part of China. Um, <laughs> well, it, it, I, know, I know you're elderly, but... <laughs> it is, it is part of China. <laughs> Ooh, 
It's changed hands. It's, yeah, it's, but are you saying it's, you think it's still part of the British Empire? I think this is something we can all agree We can all agree about Um Have you considered marketing just soup as as a concept? Because I'd eat just soup. What, it, works, it works on two levels. Are you trying? It's full of justice, <laughs> oh, but also. Oh, yeah, yeah I didn't understand what you meant. Yes, yes. I just the only problem with that is I like to eat my soup with croutons. So then, and then it would just no soup. be you would be teasing well, the soup croutons by are, adding things to it. They are deeply unethical. Our croutons. It would <laughs> cease to be the most just soup of all. But it's something I would like to investigate more, perhaps on the uh, second part of the podcast. And I've got a few messages for you now. So join us right after the break on McKellen Like It Is with Sir Ian McKellen. You join us back on McKellen It Like It Is with Sir Ian McKellen, warrior of truth, justice, an all-around global peace across the world, universe, and multiverse. We have on the podcast, we have a new guest. Joe, if you'd like to introduce them. Yeah, sorry, this is your 10 o'clock. It's, uh, it's Mr. Stewart. Oh, so, good, Mr. good. Stewart. Send him in. Also on the podcast, we have, of course, my good friend, Luke Chaplin, who I've met over Facebook. Hello. And, um, and if you'd like to send him in, yes. Um, Patrick, do come in. Take a seat. Ian. Good to see you, my friend, Fantastic once again. to see you. How are you? I am very good. We have remarkably similar voices. Do you not feel? It is the Shakespearean training in our lives. It really is. Perhaps, well, part of the reason I like inviting you on the podcast is to reminisce about old memories, no, walking, the, walking the boards on the, in the old Shakespeare company. Oh, we did trot, did we not, Ian? We, we did. did. We did. Part of what they teach you, this is, this is one of the tricks they teach you in the trade. Lou, perhaps you this could pick is... up a few tips, is to suddenly rise uh, when you are saying a sentence, have your voice increase in volume. Even if you're only talking about going to the supermarket. But then suddenly you'll whisper, whisper, whisper. Oh, whisper no, 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 whisper. No, no. Many, many whispers in the wind. You're using the self-service. Check out! <laughs> and really, that's all there is to Shakespeare. It's all just words after that, to be honest. This is incredible. I'm a big fan. Words in an order, sometimes. And words in an order, sometimes not. That's the that's old Willie Shakespeare for you. Sometimes it'll mix it up, but you know, uh, enough of our old old oh, school antics oh. about Shakespeare. Uh, we Obviously, we have uh, old Shakespearean members here in the podcast. We always have a member of the new generation. Uh, uh, or the next generation, <laughs> might I say. Oh, oh, oh. Very good, very good. I don't very recall good. seeing you so, so on you. my crew, boy. Uh, no, no, I... You have a startling resemblance to Commander Riker. Oh, Tell me, you, do you know him? Thank you very much. Um, we, we haven't met. Right, well, uh, you don't model yourself <laughs> upon, upon Riker. He's gone on to, to bigger, greater things, and uh, I find myself in need of a new number one. Oh, that's, that is, this is all so sudden. Would you make a joke? <laughs> uh, so, just to be clear, this is on the show? Yes, this, this, is, this is life. Oh. Okay, so, sorry, I Luke. Sorry, Luke, I, I'll just take you aside for a second. See, my... Okay, let's just go onto the table here. <laughs> it's, it's quite cramped in here, isn't it? <laughs> it's very... We're very close together. Okay. Uh, you have to see my good friend, Patrick Stewart. He's still... Uh, 
he still believes he's Captain John Luke Picard of the Starship Enterprise, and we've done an awful lot to sort of shelter him and protect that bubble around him. And you know, he hasn't he hasn't really found out that it's that he's never been in space. Right. What's he's going on under here? Okay. Uh, nothing, uh, good friend oh, Patrick. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, we were just talking about your, your holodeck is. Ian, we're chilling under the table. <laughs> Excellent. I do like a podcast He's, under the table. He's just showing me around. Uh, but, uh, just want to clarify, what, what have you been up to, Sir Ian, recently? Well, you know, I've been doing a bit of this, a bit of that. You know, justice, truth, warrior, and all not. I've, uh, you know, taken a... I've been... I've, you know, I've just been doing a round trip. I've been going to Milton Keynes. I've been ah. going to South London and the, the Tower of Isildur as well. <laughs> I've been Sir doing Ian, a trip. If I may take the boy for a moment uh, of time. Uh, yeah, yes, sir, please. Uh, boy, if you join me under the table, number one. Oh, yes, yes. Of course. <laughs> this is very exciting. We will speak in a whisper. A dramatic whisper, if you will. La la la. la My friend Sir Ian has never quite come out of the role of Gandalf. From his films, The Lord of the Rings, you may have seen them. They were very popular at the time. <laughs> I have, yes. Not the animated ones, he wasn't in those. Now, he still believes that he is the good wizard Gandalf, protecting life, the universe, and everything ah, from evil. Life. <laughs> he believes that orcs have taken some hobbits. He's not quite sure where they're going, but he wishes <laughs> to get them back. Now, we do what we can to keep this bubbling tact around him. Otherwise, we fear that his fragile old mind will break. Okay. So do I have your word that we can make an accord on this? Yes. A, a federation, if you will, to, to protect his thoughts. By the burning will of Sauron, what's going on down here? I was showing him around the holodeck. Oh, uh, yes, yes, my, my holodeck. He's crazy. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I was wondering, um, are you free next week at all, uh, at all, Luke? Uh, maybe. I see, I'm, I'm busy being the... the first. <laughs> You're trying to poach number one? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not trying to poach him per se, but I'm... Putting together a small group, you see. <laughs> a oh, small group. Yeah. Uh, how, how are your adventuring skills? Are you creating a crew, Ian? <laughs> a fellowship, if you will. Ah, wonderful. I need something taken from my from round here to a to a place over there, and which when I say over there, I mean a giant volcano. <laughs> I'm putting together a small group of potential adventurers. You know, I'm just sort of seeing if. That's all your thing. How are your adventuring skills? Oh, well, I did. I made it all the way to London from... From the near, did well. near Moria, so... And how many Uruka did you kill along the way? <laughs> Tell me, where oh, is this countless... Where is this Uruka. planet of Moria that you speak of? <laughs> um... It's, along with it's, it. it's kind of quite central in the like the, in the middle, right? <laughs> yeah, it's in the middle um, of what the galaxy. It's wow, like you near, went to galactic near, near Earth in, in, in the middle. That's in the middle of the <laughs> Earth, right? <laughs> middle. Um, but yeah, is there is there going to be much danger on the way to this volcano, or is it just <laughs> all easy going? You know, I'm telling you, if the, you know, could we take the? Eagles? It could be a lot. <laughs> I tell you, as I told you, don't mention the eagle. <laughs> Eagle labour laws are ruining this oh, country. Have I told oh, you? You know, it's the Eagle Unions. They're very powerful. I mean, tell me if Jeremy Corbyn gets in and these bloody Eagles. These bloody Eagles are on benefits. I'd, I'd be interested in getting involved, but could I be the guy with like a sword rather than the guy with a sword and a shield and a horn? Well, ah, why, why would I you need a sword when you've got a phaser? <laughs> set, your, 
Set your face at a shop and you'll be fine. Look, okay, maybe maybe we could uh, maybe we could maybe we could pitch. Uh, you know, we both want this this young man of the of the. Of we the both new want. Generation. I already have him. Well, well, I don't know. Perhaps I could offer him a different job, and we could sort of pitch, uh, you know, our respective journeys together and see which one he wants to do. How about that? I feel like yes. we've been in this position before, Ian. <laughs> Many a young boy, if we take it under our wing. <laughs> All of which... Trying to convince convince an individual with with uh, kind of abilities and skills to join your side. Is that what we're saying? Yes. You've been in that kind of situation. We have yes. to help humanity. Many, many times. <laughs> yeah, we... we we have to destroy humanity. It's almost almost like a game of chess. Ian is very selfish. His <laughs> outlook on life, oftentimes, and only takes into account what he believes, believes being the operative word here, to be the main issues. Luke, do you do you believe yourself to be the next step in human evolution? <laughs> I look at you and I see the, the future. <laughs> Ian sometimes loses sight. What we must do with all our powers, with all our phases and, God forbid, eagles, these things, we have to help humanity. We are here for the benefit of humanity. We are not here to replace them. Yes, have, you, have you sworn not to interfere? Well, we have actually met humans, so it's okay. First contact has been made with the rest of humanity. However, however, sir, we do not interfere with things that are beyond our control. Ian tries to impose his will of justice. A noble intent, I will give you that, but he tries to impose his will of justice I do. on people that he's, he has no place imposing upon. Let me, let me pitch to you a future, a bleak future, where imbeciles, non-evil people, are allowed to continue. Wouldn't it be better to purge these people <laughs> off the face of the planet? This is the thesis of, you know what, and, and, and that's where the, that's where the title of the, the title of the podcast, I'm just McKellen it like it is, people. Open your eyes, sheeple. Exactly, you've got it, you're on my side. Tell me, sorry, and this, uh, this group, this fellowship you're putting together, mm-hmm. sounds very much like a, a brotherhood of fellowship. <laughs> It is. It is indeed. It is indeed. I haven't quite figured out what thing we're doing yet, whether we're going to take a thing far away or whether we're going to purge humanity. I haven't figured out. Perhaps we'll figure that out on the next section of McKellenid Like It Is. Join us after these messages. Like it is with me, your host, Sir Ian McKellen. As always, he's on the podcast. We have my friend Joe. Say hi, Joe. Hello. My friend Luke. Hello. And Patrick Stewart, my oldest friend and sometimes deepest enemy. Say hello, Ian. Now, hello. as always on the podcast, we have a final guest on the show, and and Luke, I want you to ponder over what we've pitched to you today and see which side you would like to join. I in. will, Sir Ian. Yeah. Uh, just stay, just sort of sit in the corner and wait quietly whilst we have the third guest on the show. And uh, this third guest is, had to be sort of a special guest we invited on. We had to summon him through a Ouija board uh, during the break. Uh, but I'm very happy to have on the podcast the ghost of Sir Christopher Lee. Hello, Ian. Patrick. It's certainly been a while, Christopher. 
It has in hell's hell. <laughs> As I'm sure you're there, Christopher. Hell suits me fine, Ian. <laughs> How are you in your search for justice? <laughs> it's going well across all dimensions, including this one. I have found I have found a particular sense of justice. I've been selling soup, Christopher. Oh, you, you never matched oh, a laughable concept. Patrick, his mind is adult by the halfling's weed. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> you can't believe a thing he Christopher. says. <laughs> legalize, legalize. <laughs> legalize. I've got one to call it. It's like hobbit weed. weed. By <laughs> pipe weed. Legalize. I'm a big believer in the legalized pipe weed movement. Now, Christopher, I've not, I've not seen you in Patrick. many years. I've not seen you since uh, we filmed together 1993's made-for-TV movie Detonator also known as Death Train. How have you been? Yes, I definitely remember that one. <laughs> it's etched, etched in my memory. Well, uh, you know, as much as, you know, we've been fearsome enemies in the past, uh, I would like to say I'm a fan of Detonator. I would perhaps like to see my favorite scene, you know, as we've got you here on the podcast, you know, you know, it'd be a shame not to sort of reenact some of the most famous scenes from Detonator. Yes, I remember my most famous line. Prepare to be <laughs> Prepare to be <laughs> Now of course prepare to be detonated <laughs> in, in detonator On the death train <laughs> In in the film Detonator Christopher plays the, the villain of the piece uh, I always play villains uh, a, a Russian, um, a Russian general, who uh, who steals a nuclear weapon, uh, puts it on a train, and attempts to detonate it. I, Patrick Stewart, play the the head of the the UNATCO uh, or some such other fictitious organization. It's not part of the Federation; it doesn't exist. Um, and I attempt to stop him with help from <laughs> James Bond himself, him very self, Pierce Brosnan. Now, of course, Pierce Brosnan is dead, probably. Perhaps I could fill in for the role of not, Brosnan. I've likened to Brosnan a few times. Perhaps we could lay. You know, what people didn't realise about that, uh, prepare to be taken. It's, it's a big laugh line. It was originally written. Yes, as it a, was very difficult to get through that line. It the, was. The initial uh, script for the film was. Uh, it was a comedy. Um, and obviously, myself and Christopher were not, were not comedic actors. Yes, yeah. yeah. as, as you know, I've never laughed on film. What about Ever. What about in your everyday life? I laugh once every year. Is it when? The, yes, I do remember you telling me the story on set about how once a year you watch an old man fall over, and you get all your laughing out of the way. It's the, usually you, Ian. <laughs> that's right. That's when you're right. stoned out of your mind on the halfling's leaf. All I'm saying is alcohol causes job more problems than pipeweed. <laughs> look at the evidence, people. Yes, it comes in pipes, I believe. Well, uh, yes, uh, well, uh, you, you know, it was, a, it was a strange role for you to sort of take on in the film Designated. But I think it, I, it, was, it was an odd choice for all of us. I'm, I'm not quite sure why any of us did it, to be honest. Yes, remind me, in Detonator, was that... When I talked to the giant fiery eye using a crystal ball. No, that was Rosie and Jim. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, oh no, no, sorry, sorry. It was uh, it was your guest appearance on Sesame Street. 
in the 1980s. Yes, those children were scarred. <laughs> I forgot that time when Sarah, when, when Mordor was briefly part of the Sesame Street universe and the, the Urukai of, of the Dark Tower. It's what <laughs> do you think makes Oscar so grouchy? It's very Urukai. It's a very little known fact that uh, Sesame Street <laughs> actually has a Mordor postcode. Um, it, not many people know. It's, it's Mordor One, yes, I believe Mordor One, three H W. It's just a, it's yeah. just a symbol of an eye, and then the number one. It'll get there. Yeah, Big Bird was originally part of my fellowship, but he died very early on. Yeah, <laughs> we, we all tried to write him. It was one of the eagles that got you off my tower, I believe. I, I flew away on Big Bird into the distance. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to, you know, as we are, as we have the cast here, I'm far, I'm willing to play Brosnan. I'd like to um, sort of come to, cut to the climax of the film, and just for the fans of Detonator out there, perhaps we could reenact uh, perhaps the well, the sort I'll, of famous. I'll do what I can. No, it's all right. We don't need to. We don't need to find the script. Uh, we can, um, you know, yes, I, you I remember would... the lines well, do you not? I played a Russian, and I did this accent throughout. I, of course, played Michael, quote-unquote, Mike Graham, of course. So my character's name was called General Constantin. And I, of course, in one of my more memorable roles, Malcolm Philpott. Okay, well, we, we have the scripts in front of us here. The scene... I over. have no need for scripts. Cold <laughs> uh, open. We see General Constantin. And Mike on the train, it is hurtling towards the bridge. The bridge is loaded with detonators and death, death trains. <laughs> we start, we open with General Constantin. Ah, comrade! What a fine train this is, ready to detonate. How many trees and forests must we have cleared to build this railway? Using a slave race of mutated elves. Don't you stop there, General Constantin. I have a gun. Good grief. Graham, you've got to use your gun to kill him before he can detonate the death train. But what if I don't know how? It's too late to stop me now. Nothing can stop this death train. Get the detonator, Mike. <laughs> Throw it into the fire. Give Only me the denizen, General! Give me the denizen! Only the lava of Mount Doom can destroy the detonator! You're too late! Now we no eagle can save you now! We, we see the influence this film. It was really ahead of its time, wasn't it? Really a groundbreaking <laughs> film. It was actually, uh, it was one of the first live-action adaptations of any Tolkien work. Uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, we, uh, yes, sorry, cut to the straight stage directions. Mike, Graham, and General Constantin lock eyes. There is clearly chemistry between them. It was very difficult to lock eyes with two different people at the same time. What but luckily, I am classically trained. <laughs> when we locked, we like, the chemistry between them is instantaneous. <laughs> Whilst they've been fearsome enemies in the battle before, they now see that they are not so different. General Constantin. Boys, comrades, let us not fight in our final moments aboard this train that's about to detonate. Do you not plan to kill yourself as well as the members on this train? <laughs> Sorry. 
I've just realised something. Why are you throwing yourself? For I am General Constantin. If you cannot lead <laughs> by example, you cannot lead at all. That is why I, the head of UNASCO, is also on the train. How could I entrust such a mission? How could I entrust such a mission to my most trusted operative if I would not do it myself? Who do you plan on? Who do you plan on harming in this initiative? It seems only to benefit your enemies. No, but you see, I am destroying the train itself. Yes, it's, it's, we, we understand. It's integral <laughs> to the economic sustainability of my enemies. <laughs> the races of men, elves, and dwarves. No. Is this the train carrying parts for the Enterprise? <laughs> it could Dear well be. <laughs> Dear God, General Constantin, you monster. <laughs> Contains the five keys to Orthanc. All five. All five. They're on a big giant key ring. <laughs> Mike, you've got to get to the key ring before it detonates. I will, for I am Pierce Brosnan, Ian McKellen, truth warrior, and fighter for the truth of Mordor. Ian. Take this! Ah! Ah! Mike punches the general. I have been punched! My one and only weakness! His head cl comes cleaved off his shoulders. <laughs> it flies across the room. What a, what General Constantin is unaware that he has been dis. One of the things I really enjoyed about this film. I did my own stunts! It was fantastic to see, but also how well the script and the dialogue mirrors the. Uh, the stage directions. It was like poetry. Almost, almost rendering the stage directions unnecessary. <laughs> and speaking I, of as you can tell by the generals, the general's next line after having his head knocked clean off and not noticing, really, really serves to illustrate uh, this point. And Just how long it takes a human head to die. <laughs> the disembodied. You have. Few confused moments left. <laughs> I know this from my time. Now we haven't actually addressed the fact that uh, Christopher here is a ghost. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll come back to that on a later podcast. But <laughs> it um, is a long story. I'd like to just sort of finish off with the very end of the film as the disembodied head of General Constantin rolls across the floor, inches away from the detonator to blow up the death tray. Seconds hang in the balance, and the final line of the film is spoken by Constantin himself. Damn it, if only my tongue were longer! Fade to black. Fiend. It's incredible. This film won literally no awards. And I'm not quite sure... That the subtext in that is so ever. I mean, this was a film about one man's inability to pleasure his wife. It's a, it's I mean, the social commentary and, uh, alone is it, it, It's a very poignant film. Yes! And, uh, I, I, I do, in many ways, sympathise with General Constantin. Um, in some ways, I do not. I, of course, am very successful at pleasing women. However, I do not have that longer tongue. So I can sympathise with that, General. Sorry, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. What happened there? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I think you're right. I think you know, there's perhaps a General Constantin within all of us. 
And isn't that a message we can all take away on this cold winter's evening? It's Thank you for joining me here on McCallan It Like It Is. It's been a real journey. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to my guest, Joe. Thank you. I'd like to thank you to my guest, Luke. Have you decided where you're going now? Oh, I, I, I think I'm just going to go home. Okay, good, good. good. That is fair. <laughs> Patrick. I understand. Um, well, I, I have a five-year mission to complete uh, in the deep recesses of space. Well, so, uh, I'll go and finish that. I'm sure we'll see you again at some point. And Daddy thank home. you, the ghost of Sir Christopher Lee. Thank you very much, Ian. See you in hell. See you there, Ian. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>